0: Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance.
1: Episode 27. We are able to build up unique databases, unique knowledge that we can use to manage our risks better and ultimately serve the client better. Over time, we will expand our product range and our client range to service those suppliers better. So we will move from the beginning of supply chain financing to other products. I'm DePesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance
0: Global, and here we are today live reporting from Cybos 2019 in London. I'm delighted to be joined by the CEO of Anglo Gulf Trade Bank, Daniel Gould. Daniel, thank you for joining us here today. Pleasure. So, Daniel, AGTB is the world's first trade finance bank hosted entirely on the Microsoft Cloud. What does that actually
1: mean? First of all, we are the world's first fully digital trade finance bank, which means that our end-to-end processes, end-to-end client journey, most importantly, happens digitally, online, from onboarding, all the way through to transaction processing and all the way to the very end, back-end processing of the client. We obviously have to have client support. We're, we're not saying that particularly corporates are going to do without human contact, but we want the happy path journey to be as digital as possible because that is where the scalability and getting those pesky costs in trade finance under control.
0: Great. So um, let's take a step back and can you describe the MENA-UAE trade finance landscape? What are the biggest pain points and where are the opportunities here?
1: That's a very good question. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we chose the UAE in particular as our base. Now, obviously, UAE is a major regional and global trade hub. The Ali port in Dubai is one of the busiest in the world. We see trade flows from Asia into Europe, from Africa into Asia, etc. The biggest single pain point, in one word, compliance. In two words, sanction screening. Enough said, but actually there are a lot more pain points. We ultimately talking about a situation where corporate banks have become so ossified as to force the client to adapt to what the bank needs. And this is in fundamental contrast to pretty much every other service industry where the service provider has to adapt to the client. And so, holistically, the main opportunity is to reverse this and to become a bank that adapts to what the client needs. Now, in in more detail, going back to my my first statement on compliance and, and sanction screening, Regulatory, regulatory risk is a major part of doing business in the UAE. And that's why one of our core mottos is use data smarter. We believe that by being fully digital, by doing everything online and keeping it all into, in a single data repository, we are able to build up unique databases, unique knowledge that we can use to manage our risks better and ultimately serve the client better.
0: Okay, no, that's very that's very interesting and, and obviously UAE is really ahead of the game in specific sectors such as the payment sector, for example. And also the regulator, particularly in, in Dubai, seems very ahead of the game when it comes to adoption of new technologies, focusing more on, mm. on the customer. So, so I, really, I really like what you, what you said there. So let's move on to the actual product offering of AGTB. Is it trade finance? Is it supply chain
1: finance? Who are you going after first, and what are you offering them? So we began. We set out our MVP as supply chain finance. Why? Because we, whilst we recognise that the trade finance gap of 1.5 trillion that is often cited from a study by Asian Development Bank as a key indicator of a malaise in international trade finance, that gap is predominantly amongst the medium and smaller sized organizations, companies that engage in international trade. However, by beginning with larger corporates and their supply chain, we wanted to get at this captive supply chain audience. When I say captive, I don't mean they have no other choice, but they supply to a certain buyer, and by working with that buyer, we would be able to work with a large number of companies. Over time, We will expand our product range and our client range to service those suppliers better. So we will move from the beginning of supply chain financing to other products. I can speculate whether it's going to go towards the standby and guarantee instruments or it may go into the pre-shipment financing. Who knows? Depends on where the opportunities we see at that time.
0: Is it just using a credit insurance wrap right now?
1: Crane insurance is, is a very important step and will allow us to scale both the size of our of our transactions or our portfolio, as well as the breadth of clients that we can cover. As a starting point, no, we wanted to take uh, credit risk in the UAE. Great, that's good to know. So let's talk about the DLT and blockchain. Uh. Obviously, you joined
0: Marco Polo last year and that was that was the latest that we've really heard in terms of big announcements. What's the latest in joining the consortium, and has R3's Corda technology helped reduce some of the uh, sanction screening and trade fraud and risk, and potentially cut down the paper when it comes to doing trade?
1: We did embrace Marco Polo early on. we were one of the founding uh, member banks because we recognised what. Marco Polo and Underline TradeX was offering as a reimagined trade finance solution. As part of that solution, DLT technology plays a role, and I would even say a key role. You mentioned uh, reducing fraud and uh, sanction risk. That's one. By allowing a more secure and therefore more free, more fluid exchange of information within the supply chain, or a supply chain ecosystem, yes, we're able to feel more comfortable with with these risks. What it also does, however, equally importantly, is reduce the transaction costs. It's by having the information exchanged across the network, say, of of suppliers' financial details or the the nature of the specific trade. We need to spend less uh, human effort or even... Cloud usage to verify a transaction and therefore disburse money quicker with less cost, which ultimately leads to greater financial inclusion. We're able to work with smaller suppliers and or smaller ticket transactions.
0: As a as a startup with the banking license how does that compare with the, the resilience and the process and the, the operational structures and the governance of some of the large trade banks?
1: Your, your question makes it sound like being a startup is a disadvantage whilst the incumbents have the advantage. I, I would put it on its head and say actually we're incredibly fortunate not to have the various legacies that incumbents are hindered by and I often talk about these legacies calling them the unholy trinity. It's the legacy of technology that everybody moans about, but actually that is probably the least important legacy because what's more important is the legacy of processes, and you mentioned processes, and in which in turn are hindered or being delayed in their reformation by a legacy of mindset. It's the fact that banks are so ingrained in the old way of doing things and trade finance in particular is an example of outdated archaic processes that they can't deliver better value to their clients. So by embracing new technologies, but also having the absence of a old school legacy to wrap new processes and new mindset around this technology enablers, we've been able to deliver a different value proposition to our corporate clients. Great, thank
0: you very much, Daniel. So. What's next on the roadmap for AGTB in the next, let's say, six months or so?
1: So six months are going to be very, very busy. As I mentioned earlier, we received our full uh, Cat1 banking license just about a month ago. So we are off to the races with our uh, early adopters. We have a very healthy pipeline of uh, corporate clients about to engage in payable financing, our MVP and our trade finance product suite. Equally, so. The, the roadmap there is strengthening that and expanding to receivable financing to complete our supply chain financing product suite. And importantly, uh, being one of the first, if not the first, bank in the Marco Polo consortium to leverage in a production environment and industrial scale the blockchain-enabled modules that TraderX are releasing. And if that wasn't enough, that's only trade. We also have our digital transaction services component of our offering, which are banking as a service, as well as treasury solutions for corporates. And that keeps a different part of my organization very busy. I think within six months, we should see a broad range of smaller companies, fintechs in particular, based in the Abu Dhabi Global Market, the free zone where we are headquartered, using AGTB's very flexible, very, I wouldn't say unique, but truly very, very special tech stack to complete their own value proposition to their clients.
0: Great. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for coming here and joining us today on Trade Finance Talks here at Cybos. It's been a pleasure to meet you
1: and uh, we'll see you soon, hopefully in Dubai. Inshallah, as they say there. Thank you very much. Bye now.
0: Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com.